Grab your Bible wherever you are, even if you're in your living room or you're still in your bed having your coffee. Um, grab your Bible and uh, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. And, and also, I think it'd be cool today um, as we're turning, maybe uh, put where, wherever you're watching, if you're on YouTube uh, or, or Facebook or church online, so mypathway.church on our website um, or the app, wherever you're watching, um, th- would you comment where you're from? Uh, I was getting some messages yesterday from people uh, all over the United States, you know, just saying, hey, we're going to watch from here and get some text and things. Hey, we're watching from here. And so I think it'd be fun. Uh, I don't know what our emoji is today because I, I didn't hear that part, but um, I don't know if it's the purse or Ethel get your purse or the fire or whatever, fire of the Holy Ghost. I don't know what it is, um, but... Uh, you know, but comment where you're from. Just, you know, hey, I'm Bob from, you know, Saudi Arabia or whatever. I don't know. Just wherever you're from. I think that'd be awesome. Um, and uh, and so, and also participate. So if you're on this service live, make sure you participate and stay focused. So grab your Bibles, turn with me to First Samuel chapter 3, and we're going to dive in together. This is the third week of a series where we're talking about hearing God. So hopefully you have your prayer journal there. Hopefully you've been practicing. Remember, we started in the first uh, message, stop, collaborate, and listen. And we just talked about some practical things about setting a place, setting a time, planning and preparing, right? If you remember the five Ps and, and, and it's where we plan and we prepare and we pray and read and we pause and then we print and we just write down what God is speaking to us. And so we've kind of been building on this. And today I'm going to talk really if I would say it this way, kind of what God's voice sounds like, which is a little bit deceptive to say, um, but that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. So we're in the book of First Samuel, um, and so what is going on in First Samuel? Well, Samuel, uh, the book of First Samuel is about Samuel, and so is the book of Second Samuel. Samuel was the last judge over Israel, or, or God's people, and so you know there's Moses that leads them, and then Joshua who leads them into the promised land, um, and then um, from from after Joshua on, God raises up judges, fifteen judges that span about four hundred years, and and those judges were they kind of were. They were the leaders. They were not a king, right? Um, but they led. They led spiritually. They settled disputes. Sometimes they led um, in, in war or battle. And so God would speak through the judges and lead through the judges. So there are 15 judges until the first king, which is Saul. Samuel is the last judge, and the judge right before him, second to last, is Eli. And Eli was a priest in Shiloh, which is not far from Jerusalem. Um, and Eli was... He was a little bit of a passive priest, meaning he had some sons, um, uh, Phineas and uh, Hophni, um, Hophni, something like that, yeah, H-O-R-P-H-N-I, Hophni, and so Hophni and Phineas, they were bad, bad, bad kids, and they were stealing the best cuts of meat. Um, from the sacrifices, they were taking all the fillet out of the cows, and um, which doesn't a fillet sound amazing right now? It just like we, my kids and I ate at a restaurant last night, which was like that was weird eating at a restaurant. Um, we were pretty much by ourselves, and so anyway, I guess we're crazy. Uh, but anyways, uh, but a fillet sounds. Anyways, they was still the best. Thank Jesus for a fillet right now. Put a cow, put a cow emoji in there. Anyways, um, but they would. Um, they would steal the best cuts of meat 
um, from the sacrifices, and then they were actually sleeping sleeping with the temple servants, and Eli wasn't really stopping them, and so God's judgment came to the house of Eli. They were both killed the same day in a battle, and then Eli, when he heard about it, fell over and died, and so uh, bad story, bad ending, but Eli was the, the, uh, the priest, and the way Samuel comes into being is there's a man named Elkanah, and, and that's not as well known as Samuel's mother, Hannah. Hannah was not able to have children. She cried out to the Lord. God actually uses Eli, speaks to her. God's going to give you what you ask. And she said, you know, God, if you give me a, a child, I will bring him to the house of God. Let him serve you. And God gives her a child named Samuel. And then God brings, you know, she brings Samuel when he's old enough to the house of God. Uh, but don't worry, God gave her more kids because that's the way God is. And so God always gives you the seed and, and if you steward the seed well, then God gives you the harvest. And Samuel was actually the first, which always belongs to, this is great preaching. Uh, he was actually the first that belongs to God. And so she asked God for the first. And when God gave her the first, she didn't hang on to it but rather she gave it and then God gave her a harvest of more kids. And so don't feel bad for her because she had a house full, even though Samuel, she left at the house of God. I just wonder what you need to trust God with, what you need to give him the first of and stop hanging on as though that's all you're ever going to get and just trust him enough to give out of that and watch, he, watch what he can do in that obedience. But uh, that's a side message, but it's good probably for somebody because it's not anywhere near my notes, but I'd write it down and preach it again. I just got a great idea for a great message. But anyways, um, so, so, uh, so this is how we get Samuel. And so 1 Samuel 3, uh, verse 1, it says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Um, and time out. What that actually means is double. It's kind of the same way we would use the word. It was a double meaning. God wasn't speaking a whole lot, probably because of the condition of Eli and his house. And so God wasn't speaking. And so if there was a word from God, it was rare, meaning sparse, um, but it was also rare, meaning valuable. And that's actually what this Hebrew word means. It means it was valuable. And so in those days, the word of, God, uh, the, word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. And one night, Eli, whose eyes were beginning are becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. And the lamp of God had not gone out yet, meaning God was still working um, in his house and in Eli. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And Samuel ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go lay back down, boy, I'm trying to sleep. And so he went and he laid down, and again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And Eli said, my son, I didn't call you, go back and lie down. Verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, I am here, and you called me. And then Eli realized that it was the Lord calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood there calling, as in the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Speak for your servant is listening. Um, I, I just went with another song title because the way the series was going, I didn't really plan it this way, but we had to stop 
collaborate and listen, and then you've got a friend in me. And so this week I asked Roxette for some help, and I called this message, listen to your heart. Um, listen to your heart. And so, I'm sorry, people. It's the best I can do. Listen to your heart. And so let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much, God, for your great love for us that is unmatched by anyone or anything. God, I pray that even in this moment, I'm not going to talk about the love of God so much, but right now I just feel like people need to be aware of it. And so, God, I just pray you would overwhelm people with your love, your love for them. And God, as we dive into your word, it is a letter of love. It is written out of love. Everything you do motivated by love. And God, ultimately, you want to speak to us because you love us so much. You want us to hear you. And so, God, today, help us just to listen from our hearts and, and hear your voice. So speak, God, and help us to never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, I like this passage for a lot of reasons because um, I, I think Samuel's having to learn to do something that ultimately we all have to learn to do, which is actually distinguish the voice of God. And, and what I like about the text, just a couple things before I get to the points that I have, um, but what I like about this text is, number one, I like the persistence of God. Um, because I think sometimes we think maybe God's not wanting to speak to us and we're trying to get him to speak to us. Um, and, it, and it's like God's really saying nothing to us, but we're kind of hoping if we you know, try hard enough, he, he will say something. Or maybe God has his favorites and God talks to those people, um, but I'm not on that list, so God's not really trying to talk to me. And, and what I like about this is you, what you see is God's desire to be heard. Because he is persistent, because he's like, Samuel. And Samuel's like, Eli, I'm coming. You know, he's like, boy, go to bed. Samuel. Eli, I'm Eli. And, and God's like, Samuel's not getting it, but God's not stopping. Right? Like Samuel is not clued in yet that this is God, but yet God is persistent in continuing to try to speak to him because God ultimately wants Samuel to know his voice and hear his voice. And I just want you to understand, he is the same with you. God will be persistent in speaking to you because God wants you to hear him and God wants you to know his voice. And so I love the persistence. I, I like the second, and this is a pro tip principle right here, is Samuel was at rest when he heard God. He was at rest. I think this is a huge, a huge key. In other words, he is laying down. It is bedtime. I mean, how many, I don't know about you, but I've had these experiences where I go into prayer. It's like, I really need to hear God. And so I just, Because I'm going to hear God, right? And if we just strain and make stink faces like someone just preached really well in a Pentecostal, it had to be Pentecostal, I understand that. Anyways, never mind. So anyways, but, but if we just, you know, I'm going to hear, I'm going to. And, and we think that, and, and I'll do that and not hear a thing. Yeah, so I have those days too, right? Not hear a thing. And then I will be laying down are just driving down the road, listening to something, and then all of a sudden hear God speak so clearly. And, and why is that? What's the difference? It's because I think um, that heaven communicates on a frequency of rest. That God communicates, because when you hear, it's all based on frequency. And God communicates from a frequency of rest. 
And when I strain or strive to hear, I actually engage all the wrong senses and I'm trying to get my flesh to discern the voice of God and the things of the Spirit. And God doesn't speak that way, although it's a picture of how he speaks. And so when I start trying to engage my natural senses and my flesh to try to discern the things of the Spirit, I'm actually engaging the wrong things. It's like trying to listen to God with your foot, trying to listen to me with your foot. Your foot wasn't made to hear me. Your ear was made to hear me. Are you with me? It's the wrong part of you. Right? And then, and then the last thing which I alluded to was that Samuel, when we look at this text, Samuel had to learn to discern God's voice, to distinguish it, that there's a process of learning and the process of listening. And, and, and you know what I like about the picture, and I think this is true with you. Samuel was hearing God's voice and didn't know it was God. And I think there are a lot of people, I think there are a lot of people that you hear God's voice, you just haven't learned to distinguish, oh, that, that's God. Because maybe it sounds familiar. And remember, we talked about this last week with God being a friend. It, he is familiar. It's, his voice is familiar to us. It's the voice of a friend. It's not external and intrusive, but it's internal and it's peaceful, right? And so, so write, write these two things. I just have two points, so I could take longer on the introduction. But write these down. Two points. It really doesn't make the sermon shorter. You guys know me. But um, um, two things, and uh, they're going to sound like they're almost in conflict with each other, but they're actually not. So let me show you this. The first thing, write this down. Um, hearing God is natural. Hearing God is natural. Um, John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. And I want you to think about that. My sheep hear my voice. Now I'm going to talk about some ways that God speaks, but, but look, he's not just saying promptings or impressions or feelings. Although I think those are ways God communicates and God speaks. Absolutely. But he's saying, no, I have a voice that my sheep respond to. And I spent some time watching YouTube videos on sheep because that's what all good pastors do. And so this week, while you were <laughs> doing whatever you were doing. Um, but it's incredible how sheep um, are naturally born to hear. In fact, it would be abnormal for a sheep to not be able to hear. They are born with a natural, with natural faculties and a natural capacity. In fact, sheep, um, they, they see, but they don't see very clearly. Uh, they have great peripheral vision, meaning they can see like almost 300 degrees all the way around, uh, which is pretty incredible. But when it, when it comes to their sight, their sight isn't the best. Uh, when they see, like for instance, if they saw a tree, they would see a tree, but probably not be able to pick out the branches and those type of things. It, it's a little more fuzzy. It's not quite clear. But when it comes to their hearing, their hearing, sheep, their hearing is incredible. Um, not only is their hearing like super sensitive, where they can discern distance and direction, um, but their ears are made in a way that they can actually point their ears towards whatever it is they're trying to hear, right? And when they hear something, they actually are made where they naturally adjust their ears to capture the sound that they're trying to hear. Isn't it interesting that Jesus gives us this analogy in John 10, that he is the good shepherd 
and that his sheep know his voice because the primary way that a shepherd leads sheep is with his voice. Back to the YouTube videos, all right? So it's really cool because I watched this one video and I guess they were tourists, I don't know. And so they stop and hear all these sheep, right, out in this pasture. And so they're all trying to call the sheep. So the shepherd actually tells them, you got to make a sound kind of like this. And, and he had some kind of weird sound that he did with his voice. Whoa, something, I don't know. That kind of sounded like Native American and he wasn't Native American. And please don't send an email. This was not some type of racial thing. All right. So anyways, I was just trying to make a sound. But he had this sound that he made out of his, out of his voice. So they all go up and try it. This is no lie. They stand there and they yell, trying to mimic his, his voice. Ah, you know, whatever. And the sheep, nope, nothing moves. They just eaten like not a one of them even moves their head and like they three or four people tried and then and then the shepherd gets up there walks up stands there he makes the noise like whatever whatever he was doing and all of a sudden these sheep like and you see all their ears dial in and they all come running to him. Like, it was incredible. Everybody, everybody else tried to make the same noise. But then when his voice made the noise, all the sheep were like, shepherd. It was incredible. This is one video where these two shepherds meet. And like, here's my sheep and here's their sheep. You know, like, this guy has his sheep. This guy has his sheep. They meet. All the sheep get intermingled together. And then when it's time to leave, this shepherd makes a sound and walks that way. And this shepherd makes a sound and walks that way. And the sheep all divide and just follow their own shepherd. Because they were created naturally to hear the voice of a shepherd because that is the primary way that they are led. Now, Jesus in John 10 is like, I'm the shepherd. You're the sheep. What is he saying? You have a natural aptitude. You have a natural ability to be able to hear my voice because this is the primary way that I'm going to lead you. That's why hearing God is a, it's not a, it's, it's not a luxury. It's a necessity because this is the way God wants to lead you. And you need to understand that you have a natural capacity. Think, think about it this way. God created you in his image, Right? So question, can God hear? Now, if you're sitting there like, I don't know, then my question is, do you pray? Because it wouldn't do any good to pray to a God who's deaf. So if, if God asks us to pray, he must be able to hear. In fact, we know all throughout the Bible, it talks about the ear of the Lord. His ear is attentive to the, the cry of the righteous. So we, we, we know those verses. But still, I'm just saying, so God creates his image and God is able to hear. We're creating God's image. Are we able to hear? And you're like, well, of course. But if God, think about this, if God is, is creating us in a way that he can hear us, he's a communi communicative God. So wouldn't he also create us in a way that we could hear him, right? So, so part of the way God has designed us is to be able to hear. You might want to write this down. This is noteworthy. Um, hearing God doesn't actually come from what you do. Hearing God actually comes from who you are because you're a sheep, 
And so you are created by God to hear because he wants to lead you and he wants to speak to you. You need to understand that. And, and, and I want to just say this, and I addressed this, I think, in one of the videos, I don't know, maybe in a recap, but so many times people disqualify themselves from hearing God because it, we put it in that place of luxury. We put it in that place where um, only certain ones have that ability or only certain people need to hear God, kind of like before the Reformation where it was like, you know, people couldn't even have a Bible because you had to depend on the, the preacher in order to, to explain the Bible to you, right? This is before the Protestant Reformation. So, um, and sometimes we still get kind of caught in that, like, yeah, God speaks to, to the pastor or God speaks to the missionary or God speaks to whoever, um, but, but I'm not really qualified to hear God. And what I would say is, is in this verse, John 10, my sheep hear my voice, is the qualification to hear God. Here's the question. Is God your shepherd? Are you following him? Then you're a sheep. What do sheep do? Hear his voice. So the qualification, in fact, if you're like, well, I'm not good enough, uh, Colossians 1 will speak to the fact that God qualified you. But still, the, the idea here is that you're qualified to hear God's voice because he created you to be a sheep. And, and there's no special superpower needed, no, no special position required, no, no special training or education. You were created naturally to hear the voice of God. Here's the second thing. Write this down. So first thing is hearing is natural. Here's the second thing. Um, hearing is supernatural. Now, these sound like they're actually um, contradictory, that they're contradicting each other, but they're not. Um, because the truth of the matter is, God created us with everything we need to, to hear him. Of course, then man fell. But God recreates us with everything we need to, to hear him, right? So, again, he recreated. So he made Adam and Eve. They heard God. We came fallen, but then God recreates us. It's a, a rebirth, a regeneration. And in that rebirthing, God still gives us everything we need to hear him. This is how Paul explains it to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, it says, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived. So there we go. There's, there's our fleshly faculties, right? And he's saying our fleshly faculties are falling short. But there is another part of us that God has given us, right? So no human mind has conceived. Now, some people relate this verse to heaven. That is not Paul's context. He is not talking about heaven. He's talking about things that in our flesh, we may not be able to understand, but God has given us a spirit. All right. So what, what no eye has seen, no ears heard, no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. Watch this verse 10. These things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now he puts them together, verse 12. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but we've received the spirit 
who is from God. What does that mean, Paul? So that we may understand what? The things of the Spirit, what God is thinking, the things that God knows, what God has freely given us, right? What no eye has seen and no ear has heard. We can understand that because God has given us a spirit whereby we can understand, right? Verse 13, this is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but look, we speak in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit thought words. The person without the Spirit doesn't accept these things that they came from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. But look at what Paul says. But we have the mind of Christ. So, so what is Paul saying? So Paul is saying that, that there's, I'll say it this way, there are two sets of senses Two sets. So he's saying in one way, no mind, no eye has seen. No mind is understood, right? No ear is heard. But he is talking about the flesh apart from the spirit, right? But then he says, but these things are revealed to us by the spirit. Now he's talking to believers. So here's what he's saying. You naturally have the supernatural capacity needed to hear and perceive and understand what God wants to communicate to you. The, the thing I think, again, going back to what I said, where God speaks on a, a frequency of rest, I think the thing that you have to understand is that so many times when we talk about hearing God, because we're over here on the fleshly, very fleshly side of us, and we talk about hearing, and the way that we hear is vocal cord vibration to eardrum vibration to message in the brain, right? And so, so many times when we talk about hearing God, we want to hear him the way you're hearing me now. Like, I want my eardrum to vibrate. But what God is saying is that there, are, there is a fleshly set or a, a physical set of senses, but then there is a spiritual set of senses, that, that when we try to engage, again, just the physical set of senses that we have, saying, God, make my eardrum vibrate, and, and we strive, and we stress, and we strain, then, then we, actually, we actually engage the wrong set of senses and make it almost impossible to hear God because we're wanting God to speak the way we want to hear, the way you hear me. And if that was the way that God was going to speak, then he would have just made us giant eardrums. But God has given us all these other parts and faculties, and then God has given us, most importantly, the Spirit. And what you need to understand is the way that God speaks, when we're talking about hearing the voice of God, the way that God speaks is a spirit-to-spirit -spirit transaction. Right? I want, you, I want you to think about, remember what we talked about? Jesus said, I don't call you servants, but friends. And he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to guide you into all truth. And here's what he said. He's going to take from what is mine. He said, all that the Father has is John 16. All that the Father has is mine. He's going to take from what is mine, and he's going to declare it to you. What is he saying? There's a transaction that took place. He's going to take something that was mine and declare it to you because God speaks a language of reality. So God, when he speaks, it's a transference of spiritual reality. 
And so God's communication then is spirit to spirit. So that's why Paul said it's his spirit that we need because our natural, just, just our physical eyes and ears, they, they don't actually they don't actually hear and see God. It's this other set of senses that we lost in the fall, but regained through Jesus, the spirit. That's how we know the things that God wants to communicate to us. And so if you've been, if you've been born again, if you've been saved, if you will, um, then you heard God. And what I mean by that is God spoke to you. Maybe, and in fact, Paul even talks about this exchange. He said, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're sons of God. There's a spirit to spirit interaction. And that's how we know we're God's. And so when we get saved, most of the time we hear God calling us. No one comes to the Father unless they're drawn by the Spirit. So we would say we're being drawn, we're being called. There's a revelation. And we say it this way, there's a spiritual download that hits us that communicates to us, I am lost and in bondage and in sin. And Jesus wants to save and deliver and set free and cleanse and make new. And in that moment, there's an exchange where we're brought into a new reality. And that happens spirit to spirit. In fact, most of the time when God speaks, uh, I don't know about y'all, but do you remember when, we, I guess we still, I don't know, everything's in the cloud now, but used to, you had to zip a file, like you had a big file and you couldn't really send it. So you compressed it into a zipped file and then you sent the zip file and then they open, decompressed the zip file and then they could read it. And, and so the file would transfer just like that. And then it had to unpack, right? And most of the time, this is the way, this is the voice of God. This is how God speaks to you. There is a spiritual reality that just... And then it starts unpacking. It's kind of like uh, growing up, you know, I used to get in a lot of trouble, especially in church. And, um, and, and I would be talking in the back and, and my dad would, would be at the front, maybe praying for people or whatever. He's the pastor. And then he would just kind of look. And that look said a whole lot. It was just one look. But then it communicated things like pain, and suffering, and death, pestilence, darkness, right? Not really, but, but you understand what I'm saying? It was just a look, but in that look, I could have wrote a book. And so many times, that's what it is when God brings a spiritual reality to you, and then it just kind of unfolds. And, and all of a sudden, it's like, I know God's doing something, saying something, and that's why you go and you write it down because, man, it, you know, how, how it feels like, what, what I'm sensing, what I'm seeing, what I'm, what I'm hearing are these things. Because God, God speaks to us spirit to spirit. I, I don't know if you realize this, but you actually have spiritual senses. I mean, think about it. Like you have spiritual taste. Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, you have spiritual smell. Um, Paul talked about diffusing the fragrance of the knowledge of God. Diffusing the fragrance. Think about that. A fragrance that brings you knowledge of God. I mean, and then most commonly people understand there's hearing and seeing, that we have spiritual eyes and we have 
spiritual ears. In fact, Jesus, after he fed the 4,000, he's in the boat with the disciples and he starts talking about the, the leaven of the Pharisees and, and they all think he's talking about bread and they forgot to pack a doggy bag. This is Mark eight seventeen. It says, aware of their discussion, Jesus said, why do you think I'm talking about bread? And he said this, do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened do you have eyes, look at this, but fail to see? Do you have ears, but fail to hear? And don't you remember? And, and what he's talking to him about all of a sudden is not physical or yeah, physical bread. He's talking about spiritual bread. And all of a sudden, he's not talking about natural eyes. He's talking about spiritual. I mean, Jesus would preach and he'd say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, I mean, question, was he preaching to deaf people? No. He's preaching to people who are hearing people, but he's saying some of you are going to hear and not hear, and some of you are going to hear and hear, because he's talking about spiritual senses. And so we need to understand that naturally as believers, we have the spirit which brings to us the faculties to hear and understand. He said we have the mind of Christ to hear and to understand God, the things that he has freely given us. This is what Paul's telling the Corinthians. That, that we have naturally now, we have a supernatural part of us that has the faculty to hear God. But now that hearing comes spirit to spirit, not vocal cord to eardrum. Are you with me? So I want to talk just as we kind of wrap up. I want to give you four. I think these are the four most common ways that we hear. Again, when we say hear God, that we hear God spirit to spirit download, right? Just, oh, I know God's, I know God's speaking. In fact, you know, sometimes, and this is no lie, as, as you get sensitive, and probably some of you have had these opportunities or had these experiences, um, but I've, I've actually had a time where, or several times where I just stopped and I was aware God's trying to tell me something and I need to stop, <laughs> collaborate and listen, you know, and so, but I need to stop because something's impacted me here. God's trying to speak, and I've got all this noise going on here, but I need to get all this silent because God's trying to speak in here, right? And so it's, it's spirit to spirit. So let me, let me talk about, to me, the, the four probably most common ways. And the first I'd say is hearing. And what I say when I, when I mean hearing, you're like, well, aren't these all ways to hear God? Yes, but one of them feels like he hearing, uh, meaning, um, meaning that God is speaking but you actually have a sensation that you're hearing. And what I mean by that is that this happened one time to me is um, it, I was praying, well, actually two times. Really, it's only happened two times. There's a lot of times people say, well, I heard God's audible voice. What they have, they had a sensation like physical hearing, and it was a sensation, but it still came spirit to spirit. Now, I know all of us are like, can God speak this way all the time? And I would be like, yes, please, that'd be awesome. In fact, I've often told God, if I could just get up every morning to an email of a task list or things he needed me to know or scriptures he wanted me to read, that'd be great. But you have to remember, God's relational. And so part of hearing or all of hearing is based on relationship. And it's hearing God that draws us into relationship. And it's relationship that draws us into hearing God. And so God doesn't yell because honestly, God is close to us. And when you're close to someone, yelling is offensive. 
Have you ever had, you know, maybe a kid in school or whatever, they get up and like they're going to whisper and then they scream in your ear and it hurts really badly? I had a friend in school that did that a lot and I punched him a lot and we were great friends. And so anyways, um, <laughs> um, but remember, where is God? Well, spirit to spirit, his spirit is here. His spirit is, according to Jesus, with us and in us. So here's the spirit. So if you want to hear God, it's really not this. It's more like just a joke. These are the jokes, people. They're not that good. All right. So, um, so, um, but, but, but you can have a sensation. I was praying one time and, and I swore it, it was like an audible voice. It was just so clear and it resonated and it felt like in my ear and, and it was just like, I knew God was talking. I don't have that a lot, but I have had it. And so a lot of times that's what we're looking for when we hear God. And I would almost say that's the most uncommon way to hear God, honestly, is through a, a physical sensation of he, he, hearing, but yet it is possible. So when we're talking about hearing God, then what are we talking about? Remember, spirit to spirit. So, so the, another way that God speaks is through seeing. Uh, God can show you pictures. Um, and you just see them in your, remember, God made your imagination. And part of the reason God made your imagination was to understand him and understand his capacities and abilities. In fact, so many times faith is based on something we see in our imagination. Um, and so, so God, he can cause us to see or, or he'll communicate or speak to us through pictures um, you see this in the Bible. I mean, Peter had a, had a vision. Um, Cornelius had a vision. Ananias, who was going to actually pray for um, Paul, the artist formerly known as Saul, who was persecuting Christians, he had a vision. God spoke to him through a vision about what he would need to go do. So you see it all through the Bible. I, I remember we have presbytery teams, which are prophetic teams, but we call them presbytery to keep them on the DL, to keep from freaking out people that pro prophecy makes them nervous. And so we call them presbytery, and I just let the cat out of the bag. But anyways, I remember we were sitting on presbytery team. And this happens a lot when we're training our teams. We always tell them, you have to be sensitive, yes, to if you're hearing something. You have to be sensitive also to if you're seeing something. I had this, these people sit in front of me, and they, they sat down. I didn't really even know them at the time. They sat down. And, and all of a sudden, I, I saw three ships assailing. And I didn't sing the song, but I just looked at them. I'm like, man, I just see these three ships. And they were like, it was like the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. That's what it looked like in my mind. Like, this is the picture I'm seeing. These are not things I would say. I, I would say these are not things I normally would think about. There, there are no pictures of the Mayflower. You understand? In my, in my house. All right. So, um, so I, and I just looked down. I knew God was speaking. I said, and, and I've learned in faith just to kind of, just go with it. And so I just looked at it, I said, I see three ships sailing. And they're like pilgrim ships. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to explain them. And then all of a sudden, I started talking about these ships, and they're crying. And I'm just talking about the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. You understand what I'm saying? And, and I'm just like talking, and they're crying. Why? Because God was communicating. I was seeing something. And I started talking about it, and now they're like getting a word from God, writing it down. Like, Jesus has answered our prayers. I'm like, Praise the Lord. You know, I, but it's one of the ways. There's a lot of times where I just, you can just see pictures. So you need, listen, when it talks about us knowing things from God, like we see things and know things that are, would seem unnatural because they're coming supernaturally through the spirit. Are, are you with me on this? Okay, follow along. All right. So, so the, the third is I would call it knowing. And this is probably the most common um, for me is just, I just know. 
It's a download, and all of a sudden, I just know something that I don't have a way to know. In fact, this is one of the gifts of the Spirit that you see in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, words of knowledge, that by the Holy Spirit, one is given words of knowledge, which is a download of knowledge that then we express in words. That's thus a word of knowledge, but it's knowledge that we wouldn't normally have, and that's how you know it's God. If I know something, there's not really a way for me to know. I was walking on the trail um, the other day and, and I encountered these, this couple and I feel bad. So I'm going to tell them myself cause I'm not always obedient and you can write your emails to me. But I, I was in my own world, which is complicated and, but I was walking and I walked past this little couple and as I'm walking past them, all of a sudden, you know what I knew? I knew they were believers. I knew they were called to ministry and I knew that God was specifically in this season, strategically moving them around for their next season and that he was going to provide financially for the ministry that he had called them to. Now, I don't even, I, I couldn't, if I couldn't pick them out from a lineup. Now, probably right about there, any smart man would have realized I need to go back there and pray for them. But again, I was having a selfish day because it was not a good day and I just kept walking. And so I had to repent later. So don't don't do what I did. But the point is, um, I'm, just telling, I'm just being honest. You know, I mean, if you need a preacher to lie to you, I'm sure there's some out there. But, um, but I, I just... Um, I was just being honest. I'm human. And I didn't feel like getting all caught up in tremendous ministry at the moment. And so I had to repent because I'm like, God, I probably was supposed to give them that word and I'm a horrible person. And not really, but I had to repent for it. Um, but the point was, I just walked past them. All of a sudden, I knew all this stuff about them. There's no way for me to know that stuff about them. But I knew it because that's the way God God speaks. Are, are you with me? It's one of the ways that he speaks. Here's how to know you have an idea from God. Because when you have an idea that's too good for you to have, that was God. You know what I'm saying? And so, all right, here's the last one, the fourth one. So we talked about hearing, seeing, knowing, and then I would say feeling. And, and I would even maybe say prompting because feelings can get dangerous. Um, feelings are not a good governor, natural feelings. But, but a prompting that comes from the Spirit. Let me show you what Paul said. Acts 20, 22, he said, and now, look at this phrase, compelled by the Spirit. Acts 20, 22, and now compelled by the Spirit. I'm going to, that, that phrase, compelled by the Spirit, uh, is three Greek words, deo henuma, deo henuma. So w what it means is spirit prompting, compelled by the Spirit. In other words, Paul's saying God spoke to him, but, but so many times in the Bible it would say the Holy Spirit said, or, you know, God spoke. Here, it's, it's not saying anything like that. He said, I got to go to Jerusalem, and I, all I can say is I feel prompted. I feel compelled by the Spirit. I, I, I know I, I'm feeling something here. It's a prompting. It won't stop. It won't leave me alone. It won't go away. And I know. I know I've got to go. And, and, and this is actually a way. It's not a human emotion per se. It's more a spiritual impression, but it's that leading. It's, the, it's still the voice of God. It's still God speaking. It's still God communicating spirit to spirit. And it's a prompting, Deo Enuma. It's, a, it's, a, it's being compelled and prompted by the Holy Spirit towards an action, towards doing something. I mean, so many times, if we listen to these, this is where we have good conversations when we're not being disobedient. And, and this is where we deliver and this is where we serve. And some, I mean, I've had experiences where I just felt like, 
I just need to call this person. I don't even know why I need to call this person, but I just need to call this person. And then you call them and you find out they're going through something. They, they were just hoping someone would call and try to encourage them. Then you try to encourage them. It's, a, it's, a, it's being compelled by the Spirit, prompted by the Spirit. I think this is one of the most common ways that we are led, that God speaks to us, is through these promptings to help someone else, to reach out to someone else, to call someone else, to do something for someone else or, or to, to I, I can tell you I've I've had experiences where I just felt like I need to go to this store and I don't know why I'm going to this store but then I run into someone and have this incredible conversation it wasn't like God said thus saith me go to the store I mean that would be nice but all I knew is I was like something's telling me I gotta go here something's telling me I gotta I do so I mean I remember uh um, I, I met a pastor from Pakistan last year, and the moment that I met him, I felt compelled. Like, you don't understand how many trips I turned down. Like, all of this on an airplane is not fun. Like, if I were a little version of me, traveling would be okay. But when you're in Amazon and airplanes are built by Upalupas, then there is nothing about you that wants to fly to the other side of the world, right? And, the, and so I've been asked so many times, come talk to pastors in India or come do this or that. And I'm always like, I just can't get on the airplane, man. Like 20 hours on an airplane, please. No, that's hell. And, and I'm supposed to be saved from hell. And, um, but the moment I met this guy, I felt compelled to go to Pakistan. And he's like, would you please come? And I, before I thought about it, I said, yes. And I thought, no, how long a flight is that? They're not direct. And so, but, but it's that being compelled. Here's what I want you to understand. That just like Samuel, God is persistently talking to you. If you can rest and not engage the wrong parts and engage the right part of you, the supernatural part that is naturally designed to hear God, then you can hear his voice. You're his sheep, and his sheep hear his voice, and he knows them, and they follow him, right? So listen to your heart, because that's where his voice comes from. Most of the time, God is not heard here. God is heard here. Are you with me? Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for all of my family and friends who are with me today. And God, all of us, we, we stand on the promise and the belief, um, God, that we can hear your voice. We stand on the promise and the belief, God, that we're sheep and we're naturally created with a supernatural capacity to receive communication from you. God, help us to, like Samuel, learn to tune, fine-tune those senses, learn to distinguish your voice. As we take time during this series, especially, and we create new habits of stopping and listening and trying to write down what you're saying to us, then God, I pray for all of us that we would learn to clearly, clearly hear your voice. We're your sheep. God, I pray today, if there's anyone watching today, 
who doesn't have that relationship with you, who doesn't have a relationship, or maybe they've been distant for a long time, and God, they need to come back and surrender their life, give their life to you. Because that's where salvation begins, God, when we lay our lives down. We, we, we can't experience salvation if we're still the Lord of our life, if we're still in control of our life. No, God, we have to lay it down. And we have to follow you. God, you don't follow us around, but we can follow you. And so, God, I just pray if there are people today that need to lay their lives down and follow you, I pray, God, that they would make that decision. And if that's you, and you feel that prompting in your spirit, his spirit calling to you, I want to pray with you. It's just a simple prayer. It's say, God, I believe in Jesus Christ, your son. I believe that he came, he died, he rose again. He did that for me. I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse me, and as your word says, to make me a new person. Help me to follow you. I lay my life down. Help me to follow you with all my heart, soul, and strength for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And if you prayed that prayer, then we'd love to pray with you. And so text prayer to the number that's going to come up on your screen, 903-331-0559. Text prayer. 903-331-0559, that number, and um, someone will contact you and uh, pray with you. And then if you need prayer for anything, any of our Pathway people, any of our family, family or not, whoever you are, you need prayer, we would love to pray with you. And so text that number to prayer. Listen, Pathway, I love you so much. You're all amazing. You're incredible. Um, I can't wait to see some of you on Thursday. And, um, and then hopefully soon we'll see some more people inside this room. But until then, know that you're loved, you're prayed for, you can hear God. God bless you. I do believe the best is ahead.